Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, it's been a while. How you been, man? Been, I've been well, sir. It's, you know, mid-summer. We've got the Olympics kicking off now. And, and, and look at here. It is now training camp. How about it, man? How about it? How about that veterans report today? So we are reporting today back into the podcast booth back for you. Uh, just a little preview kind of episode today. We want to take a look at training camp. We'll look at some of the key storylines right now, um, some position battles that we are looking forward to watching, some individual players maybe, a, a favorite addition to the team or a returner to watch, and um, maybe we'll, we'll go from there. So like we said, today is Tuesday, July 27th. Veterans reported to camp today. It was great to see all the videos on the Ravens social media of all the players coming back. Uh, Lamar Jackson was on uh, a great episode of The Lounge um, with, with the Ravens guys, Ryan Mink and uh, Garrett Downing. And, you know, just talking about winning Super Bowls and changing his jersey number. And, and that kind of talk just really got me back into football mode. So, Holly, is training camp. Always a really interesting time of year because every little thing seems huge and likely it's being blown out of proportion. But we are here to get excited about every little highlight that we see. Um, maybe let's start with maybe a little bit of bad news. Gus Edwards came down with uh, tested positive for coronavirus today, so he's out for the next 10 days. And maybe that opens up a little opportunity for one of the other backs. What do you think? Well, I mean, first, let me just get this off my chest. I don't want to be the guy that, that you know, uh, it takes us there. But get the damn vaccine. Like, honestly, <laughs> like, get the damn vaccine. Like, people, just get it. Like, come on. It, it's, it's, oh. Anyway. I it, it, it I'm actually pretty concerned about that, quite frankly, because now that the NFL is going to start forfeiting games, which quite quite frankly they should have done last year. I mean, I we would have been killed by it, of course, but still, um, I it just I, I don't know, man. I guess my biggest frustration is just the fact that he got it and wasn't apparently vaccinated. I mean, go uh, great, like go sign a big extension. And stay with the Ravens. We love your story, but go get a vaccine, man. Anyway, I'll I'll get off that yeah. for a minute. But um, you know, as far as whether another back can can step in, I I'm not so sure. I mean, I you know we were sort of going before through the roster, um, as as we were you know getting prepping for the show, and I just don't see. You know, I think you may agree. I don't. I don't necessarily see where one of the the backs necessarily takes advantage. Now, for some reason, if that God forbid were to go longer, maybe a guy like Ben Mason um, is able to you know spark some things a little bit here and there, and and maybe he's the guy because you know he may start getting some of the you know short yardage type carries, you know, in those kind of scenarios. But uh, I don't know. What do you think? I think. <laughs> Behind Dobbins, Edwards, and Justice Hill, those seem to be the three guys that are definitely going to make the roster at running back. You know, running back is always a, a position where you're going to have injury issues. Um, so does that mean Tyson Williams gets more carries? And, and you know, the, he's a guy that you really try to bring back on the practice squad or something like that. So it, it, it comes down to more of that like establishing the depth rather than like making a huge impact on who makes the final roster in my mind um and and there's a few spots in, in which i'm a little concerned about the depth and we'll get into that a little bit later but i i think it is important to for for one of those guys um their name mccrary or tyson williams to to establish themselves as a credible option on the practice squad or maybe that means going out and finding somebody else but I think that is the extent to which, you know, any. Yeah, I would agree. I think by this. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think the most we can hope for, and this is this is even probably asking way too much, but the most we can probably hope for is to see 
flashes of the player somewhat like we did Gus Edwards. Now, obviously, Gus Edwards ended up coming into the team and, you know, making a major impact his rookie season. I I don't see that out of either Nate McCrary or Tyson Williams. Not certainly that I saw it out of Gus Edwards at this point either. But, you know, they may get those, you know, they're certainly going to be the guys, I would think, outside of Justice Hill that are going to get those late game carries in the preseason that would, you know, potentially give us those Gus Edwards moments that, you know, kind of made you think, Hey, we might have something with this dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially as like you mentioned, Justice Hill, you know, he's coming up on the end of his contract as well. So, you know, he is, he established himself as a special teamer, uh, last year, despite a couple of mistakes, but I think he turned into a, a solid player there, which kind of solidifies his spot as well. But that depth is definitely going to be important um, in in what figures to be another kind of strange year uh, with with the coronavirus um, just, you know, around. Um, I did read today, I think, in one of the pressers that the roster is above 90 percent vaccination. So that's a good good start at least at, at, at training camp and hopefully that number continues to go up um yeah i, I would think so it, it's still yeah. disconcerting when when one of your top players still shows up and that's positive right off the bat but i'll get off yeah that, get off that train i've said enough um you know now now one thing i wanted to talk about and maybe maybe you're about to bring this up too just speaking of rosters and and injuries and people not being out is our friend Nick Boyle having to get his knee uh, cleaned up. And uh, he's going to be out another several weeks, I guess. May miss may end up missing all of training camp. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like it's similar to the, I believe, Mike Thomas. Michael Thomas down in uh, New Orleans also had a, a recent surgery. And it's like the players always want to recover on company time, right? Because that that makes more sense to them. It's like the old Scottie Pippen thing as well. So, I mean, it kind of seems like a strange time to to just get a knee surgery because it seems like something that he would have known about earlier. But I think that's probably something that uh, the players time out a little bit differently than the team or the fans would uh, just well, for their recovery. You know, it's interesting. I, I don't really look at it that way. I mean, it's, it's, it, I, I'm not saying that's not the way to look at it, I guess, but my way is a little less cynical. I, I will say that. Um, you know, I feel like, I feel like the team was likely involved in this. I mean, you read about it, you know, m- many of the, True. at least yeah. the story that I read, you know, mentioned that, you know, he lives in Maryland. He's been rehabbing at the, you know, team facility this whole time. So it's not like he's, you know, out in Arizona at his pad and chilling, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I have a feeling the Ravens probably said, okay, when's our drop dead that you could go in and have another procedure if we feel like this is needed? Well, this is the drop dead because we know that yeah, that's probably yeah. don't need training camp so we can, you know, now's the time to get it done and knock this out now otherwise you're gonna end up going on ir during the season you know yeah so that's yeah yeah now that i'm reading more about it that probably makes more sense but yeah so um, not to call you out for being cynical because i think in a lot of respects you probably are right in this certain scenario i i I would be surprised if the ravens weren't kind of calling the shots on the timing somewhat um yeah what was going on yeah i bet you're right i was just i was you know, connecting the dots with uh, Michael Thomas. And I think that's probably more the case with Thomas. Uh, but, yeah, now that I'm reading a little bit more about it, I think you're right. They they probably were involved. But that does play into um, one of the discussions that I wanted to have with you about the tight end position. But before we get to that, I want to start uh, with a couple segments here. The first one to talk about our favorite addition to the roster uh, so far. And so I want to want to point out one player there and then I want to point out one returning player that we're most excited to see. So favorite addition, um, who, who are you looking forward to seeing the most as a new person in a Ravens uniform? I mean, I don't think anyone that, that listens to a pod will be that 
surprised by me saying Rashad Bateman. I mean, I've been, <clears throat> excuse me, I've been wanting the Ravens to find that receiver, especially the last few drafts. And I know I'm not alone in this, but man, I like what we continue to read and see. And, you know, the when when Marlon Humphrey is making comments like, oh, we got a good one. That makes me feel real good about Rashad Bateman, and I, I want to see this for myself. Yeah, he's going to be fun. From, from the little we've seen from the official Ravens account and from, you know, his own social media or what I think he and Hollywood were working together. Oh, uh, yeah. It looks, it looks very, very <laughs> promising. Um, you know, yeah. it, I mean, it's it looks very technical clear. so far. So yeah, it's pretty clear that the other other players on offense have already brought him into things. This isn't okay. I I, I know it's a completely different set of guys, but you think about like um, the the who's and I'm and his name suddenly escaping me. The guy, the wide receiver we drafted that was a total bust. Um, I don't know. Uh, Perryman. Just a couple of Perryman. Thank you. Um, and we draft Perryman. He just never seemed to really, I don't know. Like, you'd see him on the sidelines. I guess he'd be talking to people. But, like, the fact that we're already seeing Bateman kind of incorporated into these little groups and private workouts and all that stuff, it's it's a little thing. And I'm probably reading too much into it. But it still jumps all out at me compared to what we've seen in the past from people. And and I'm obviously not talking about Hollywood because he's he's been like the first receiver to actually do all that stuff, you know, with our mm-hmm. quarterbacks. So yep. thank God we finally have some wide receivers and a quarterback. Not trying to dump on Joe Flacco, but you know, it's like, gee, you'll wonder why all these other teams have quarterbacks and wide receivers that have such a great rapport. It's probably stuff like this. So it's it's exciting to see that stuff. And, you know, everything you see about Bateman is just off the charts cool. So I'm, I'm hoping that continues. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I'm very excited to see him. Um, my guy is going to be Kevin Zeitler. Um, a couple years ago when, when the Titans beat the Ravens in the playoffs, it was Derrick Henry running, and Eric DaCosta said that's never going to happen again, and he bolstered the defensive line and drafted a couple linebackers. And then the past couple of years, it's also been the offensive line struggling in the playoffs, and, and you know, incredibly inexpensive offensive line last year. And he said, you know what, we're not going to let that happen again. He brings in Kevin Zeitler to play right guard uh, from, from the New York Giants, a highly respected player, very good player. Um, I'm very excited to see how he stabilizes the offensive line along with uh, Bradley Bozeman, who I know you're going to talk about soon, moving over to center and then and then a major battle for for left guard. But plugging that gap with a every down player that, you know, you can rely on on right guard is going to be huge for the offense. So I'm very excited to see that offensive line continue to get even better with that addition. It's a great choice. I mean, he is going to be, he's going to have a massive impact. I mean, it was, I, I greatly undervalued. And I think even the Ravens greatly undervalued, despite all their talk of how much of an impact Marcel Yanda truly made on that Mm -hmm. offensive line last year. I think, I think if there was ever a case for a hall of fame player, sometimes it's, that season after they leave and you know it's not like the Ravens totally went off a cliff or anything but still it was a fairly noticeable drop off by that offensive line and that was the big change so you know it's just massive to have that veteran presence now back at right guard especially with the other parts of the offensive line being such in flux I mean we've got four-fifths of the offensive line that will essentially be different players next year than we had last year. So it's going to be a completely different offensive line, a new unit. Even if it's if it's somewhat a group of returning players, it's still going to be a, a, a whole new unit. 
So having that veteran presence at right guard is going to be massive. Yeah, yeah, like you said, it's a lot of a lot of the same guys, but they'll just be in different spots. And I think, you know, that that might get a little bit interesting because at least there's some baseline knowledge of of the system, which will which will help and might be a little unique for a guy like Zeitler and then Villanueva to to jump into. But having a lot of returners at the other spot will be helpful as well, even though they're playing in different spots. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to see to see Zeitler. I feel like that addition has kind of fallen off the map a little bit because it happened fairly early on in, in the yeah. offseason and, and it's been a long Pretty time uh, before free agency even officially began i think we signed Jim right Biden. right and and it's, <clears throat> it, it's like you said it's, it's not something to be overlooked being being solid in the in the interior um you know especially when you have Ronnie Stanley coming back and, you know, it seems like he'll be he'll be ready to go at least at least at some point early on. And, you know, that that'll be really huge as well. So well, let's just go ahead and keep the, the offensive line conversation started. So, I mean, let's talk about mm-hmm. returning players. So, I mean, my returning player is Bradley Bozeman. I mean, not yeah. that he's the most exciting guy out there. I could probably, you know, Ronnie Stanley is probably way more exciting than Bradley Bozeman's ever going to be. But to have a guy, you know, who was such a good college center finally getting that shot um, for whatever reason why it's taken this long. He's finally getting a, ch- a chance at center. I think the Ravens are seem really, like, fired up and comfortable with it for a guy that's never started really at center. I find it strange how completely comfortable the team seems to be with it, but... That said, he's going to be a massive part of that offensive line. I think he's going to – I I feel really positive about it too. I mean, despite what I just said, I mean, I think it's a pretty, a pretty obvious choice of the the players that were on the team, and I think, uh, I think we're going to see him uh, succeed there. I think so too. Uh, like, like you're kind of – saying it's, it's kind of surprising that it's taken this long um i i like i can't tell why but you know he's moving back to his natural spot that he played at alabama um you know they did a lot of shotgun stuff at alabama ravens do a lot of shotgun stuff here so you know that that difference in snaps you know as long as i i hope it's like riding a bike i can't say i've ever snapped a football at a professional level but hopefully it's something that no? comes back to him fairly easily. You haven't? No, okay. I haven't. I thought. What about your time with the uh, with the Raiders? That that doesn't count. No, I don't think so. It wasn't. It wasn't the regular season. Oh, well, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I mean, you know, it just seems like something that would have happened when there were other injuries at center because this is not the first opportunity he's had to move Agreed. over there. You know, like I don't know, and and and. The snaps are something that hopefully are, are a non-issue this year, and hopefully we never have to talk about it again. Um, but I'm just excited to see what he does. What he does there, you know, he turned into a really good left guard, and hopefully that can translate to his blocking at center. And then, of course, you know, we have that position battle, his old spot to talk about um, as well. And you know, maybe we'll just jump around a little bit and, and we can go go back to my returner to watch. But let's talk about that left guard spot since we are on the offensive yeah, line. Yeah, we can stay on the offensive line for a minute. There are so many guys. We've got about 12 guys. 12 guys. Yeah, it is nuts. It's going to be really interesting to see who is getting which snaps early on as far as first team, second team. Uh, I'm very interested to see how that goes because, uh, of course— you have a, an early fan favorite in his Ravens career, Ben Cleveland, uh, has seemed to have won everybody over with his personality and just his general size. You know, just a ridiculously sized just human being. Ridiculous. He really is ridiculously yeah. sized. I mean, and you go think about that. I mean, to be honest with you, you see him on the field and he doesn't necessarily seem that much bigger than all these guys, but then you actually see him like next to some of these people without pads and stuff. Yeah. Holy right. And it's crap. Yeah. Just and, and third round pick, you know, high, I mean, a lot of people thought he could go even higher than that, you know, known for his toughness. 
I mean, he seems like a very good fit, and and I wouldn't be surprised if he is he is the guy that gets the first team snaps. I would also be surprised if. I mean, I I think that the guy that deserves those first team snaps might be Ben Powers. Um, you know, he has some experience on the team already. This is his third year. When he was drafted, he was drafted as a left guard. He has not had the opportunity to play left guard yet, but he was an All-American at left guard at uh, at Oklahoma. So maybe him moving back to his normal position, his natural position, kind of unlocks something for him. At right guard, you know, I think he was fine. He wasn't great. He wasn't blowing people off the ball, and I don't think that's really his game anyway. But moving back to left guard, he might just get back to that comfort level and be a really good be a really good left guard for us. So I think he might be my favorite to at least start training camp with the ones. Yeah, I I I, I don't know. I I don't think so. I I, I have a feeling it's going to be Tyree Phillips. Just start. Okay, with the he's ones. another guy. I yeah. think I Absolutely. think Ben Cleveland's going to end up being the guy in the end, but. I just have a feeling they're going to want to sit Tyree Phillips there for a little bit too. And, and it's going to be mostly the Ben Cleveland Tyree Phillips rotation. Now, look, I, I don't want to sit here and crap on Ben Powers, but I think Ben Powers and Ben Bredesen are probably on their last legs potentially as Ravens. Um, you know, they're definitely in my mind on the bubble to get cut. Um, you know, because I would think Patrick McCarry would stay on as a super sub kind of a player. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Tyree Phillips can be the swing guy if he's not starting. Um, and then you start to wonder, OK, how many other backups do we need? You know, you've also got Tristan Colon Castillo, um, who I think also showed pretty well as a center last year, the little bit he played. Yeah. So he's not someone that I would I would want to see us get rid of, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I'd rather see us probably drop somebody, certainly Ben Bredesen, over over dropping Colon Castillo at this point. So I think that's it's going to be interesting to see how that that breaks out because um, I think we're going to see Phillips mostly play guard. You know, whether that's as a backup at right guard or, or, or you know, in that left guard, uh, left guard battle. Uh, but I think it's mostly going to be a Phillips-Cleveland battle. Okay, that's interesting. I, I kind of pictured Phillips in that, like, James Hurst swing tackle kind of role. Um, because you need that. And, and I'm you not do. sure that anybody you else kind of has that skill set other than Phillips and and. Then all of a sudden, is in, isn't uh, someone you have a lot of confidence in coming, uh, coming and performing? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> does does he I even ever show up for training camp? Did he even show up for training camp? Do we know? I don't but, know if he uh, reported today. But know you know, there's reported. always Jawan James late in the season too. The uh, the the really signing for next year that we have that uh, might might end up turning into something for us down the road. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not actually, I don't really know what his uh, schedule is as far as like when he's supposed to be healthy. But, I mean, from what I understand, and and this is only from some of the articles, I mean, the Ravens and James's camp, you know, apparently seem optimistic that, he might be able to, you know, do some stuff towards the end or play, you know, towards the end of the season. Um, Mm -hmm. Does that, I would think that would mean probably like late November, early December, you know, as the Ravens make a playoff run. So maybe, I mean, hopefully our offensive line is in good shape, but maybe Juwan James can be the, uh, the guy that steps in at left tackle um, like we had with Mount McKinney, you know, when he suddenly came in and stepped in at left tackle for us. I mean, not that That he's a left tackle, but I mean, you know what I mean? mean, He can be that guy who suddenly comes in and Hey, wow, we've got, we've now got a decent offensive line again. So 
hey, he could be that closer for us at right tackle if Illinois just doesn't cut it for one reason or another, or we have injuries or, or whatever. I mean, that could be a nice thing for us to have in our back pocket, potentially. It's a lot to ask because he's, you know, he's a 315-pound man that blew his Achilles, but, you know, still. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, you know, there could be trade candidates up there. Powers might be a trade candidate, but but I yeah, think, absolutely. Um, you know, and it, to be it, honest with you, that's what I'd rather see happen with Powers um, is see him get traded. You know, I don't really want to see him get cut. You know, I don't want to see Bryson get cut for that matter. I think he could still be a, a, a decent player, some value, right? You know, um, yeah, at least get something back rather than just cutting his back. And then there's also that Michael Schofield guy. I mean, he could be a swing tackle. Um, you know, we'll see how he plays in training camp. Now, how do you feel about Villanueva moving from left, left to right tackle? Because that's not I think he'll be okay. an easy move. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. Um, yeah, he's not going to be asked to pass protect as much. Uh, you know, depending on Ronnie Stanley's schedule, he might even start off at left tackle. Um, I think that having Lamar Jackson will make him look a little bit better. Um, just his mobility instead of Ben Ben Roethlisberger and his not moving around very much anymore. I think he'll be okay. Sure. Run, run blocking, he'll be fine. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not too worried about him. But that left guard spot is going to be really interesting. And and yeah, yeah, I think it's going to come down to really actually come down to who plays well in the preseason <laughs> ends up starting and you know maybe not the question that you want to ask uh as, as uh as lamar jackson's gonna sign a new contract and everything like that you'd rather have a very solidified offensive line but i think all the options there are, are more than capable of, of being really effective left guards um, you know we were we were a little bit surprised by a rookie starting last year and that was tyree phillips at right guard and, um, you know, just just in my mind, it would be uh, interesting to have another rookie starting there, Ben Cleveland. So um, I, don't, I don't know how likely or unlikely it is, but my hunch right now is Ben Powers. And, and we've been notoriously bad at, at guessing the guard starters. Completely bad. Years. Our, our, <laughs> so our, I'm planting my flag. The guy we didn't uh, choose is now our starting <laughs> center, I think, right. if I'm correct. Yeah, right. So I'm 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 going with Ben Powers now, my early early pick. There you uh, we'll go. See how that goes uh, when we approach week one. Um, anybody else that you wanted to talk about? I mean, you know, not. I mean, the depth is is really all in that interior. There's not many tackles running around out here. But uh, no, I mean, I guess that would be my only concern is if. We start to, of course, that's any team. But, I mean, if we start to get some injuries at the tackle position, we're really screwed. Um, but, you know, we'll just have to, like like every team, you know, we'll just have to go with that as it comes, I guess. And hopefully yep. Ronnie yep. Stanley can come back healthy and his ankle will stay strong and, and uh, we can continue to roll. Yep, absolutely. Let's move to another position battle real quick because these guys line up right next to the offensive line and staying in that blocking theme. Let's talk about our tight ends. Uh, we talked earlier about Nick Boyle having that surgery, which I was a little bit more uh, cynical about, which now I'm kind of regretting. I feel bad. I don't want to <laughs> put that. I don't want to put that bad energy on that Nick next Boyle. time we next time we interview Nick Boyle on the show, man, it, it might yeah. not go well. It might not go Yeah, well. Nick, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean it. Or, you know, I was wrong. I take it back. But let's talk about the tight ends. Nick Boyle, surgery out for a while. That leaves you with Mark Andrews. Leaves you with Pat Ricard, fullback tight end. And then who? Um, so there's a couple names to keep an eye on here. Uh, the first one that I would mention is Josh Oliver. He was acquired from the Jacksonville Jaguars, a guy who's had some injury problems, I guess, but, um, you know, very athletic, a good pass-catching option when healthy. Um, some of the other guys are that we need to mention are Eric Tomlinson on the year last year, who actually showed pretty well, in my opinion, uh, as a blocker, mm. and, and, you know, he caught some balls for us. Mm. I thought he was pretty good as a blocker, at least. And the other I guy guess. to keep an eye on is fifth-round pick, Ben Mason. 
So, tight end three. Let's assume that uh, Nick Boyle is, is ready to go for week one. So let's talk about tight end three and potentially tight end four, fullback two, something like that. But how do you see this shaking out before we've really seen any of these guys in too much of action? I mean, I think I think I'll probably fall in line much with you. I think Josh Oliver probably is tight end number three. Um, if everybody's healthy and all that stuff, you would think that Josh Oliver would be able to show enough to be tight end number three. Now, the intrigue, of course, is Ben Mason. You know, does he make the squad at all? Is he that, as you said, you know, fullback two, tight end four? Um, I think there's a case to be made that you could, with our offense, that's something that might be needed. Um, I think, obviously, that would mean maybe you don't keep as many wide receivers, um, which that's probably questionable some in some way. But, you know, I... It's, it's going to be, I think maybe in some respects, the Nick Boyle injury is a blessing in disguise. I think certainly for Ben Mason. Yes. Because they are listing him as a tight end. He is going to get a lot of additional, um, additional reps, additional chances to catch the ball, which he didn't do a lot of at Michigan. So another reason it's interesting that we're actually listing him as a tight end and not a fullback. Um, so that's, that's going to be big for him, you know, to show his skill set outside of just falling people like he's able to do as a fullback. Um, you know, that said, I think, I, I really do think there's a case to be made for Ben Mason to make the team, even with Ricard, even with three other tight ends, you know, obviously he's got to be able to show on special teams. He's got to be able to carry the rock and catch the rock and just all around or need him. But I just don't see us cutting a fifth round pick. I, I, I don't know. Why take him in the fifth round if you don't have designs to figure out how to keep him on the roster? Yeah, I agree. And right now the Ravens have, what, nine tight ends on the roster? Yeah, so on this is, you know, the so I'll I'll list them. This is from their website currently. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mark Andrews, Nick Boyle, Jake Breland, Ben Mason, Josh Oliver, Tony Polgen, Eric Tomlinson, and Eli Wolf. Um, Eli Wolf could be interesting um, out of Georgia. He was one of, I think he was a a, uh, undrafted free agent last year, I think, that we had on the practice squad. I mean, he could be interesting. Uh, we'll see how he's developed. Eric Tomlinson, look, he was okay. You know, I guess as our backup tight end last year in place of Boyle, I, whatever. He didn't He didn't do much for me. I felt like he was a complete non-option as a wide receiver. I don't know anything about Tony Polgen. Oh, wait, is that the gentleman? Yeah. Tony Polgen is the tight end from Virginia who was a quarterback, I think, or something. Yeah, right? he's like 6'7". He's, like he's huge. Yeah. Yeah, that could be cool. That could be. I mean, I think he's probably gonna end up on the practice squad, but he could be interesting. I hope so. Um, think, yeah, he seems like a a guy that you'd bring back. Yeah, I mean, other than that, then you've got you know you've got the guys. You know, you've got Ben Mason, Oliver Boyle, and Andrews. Dick Breland's listed on the roster. I, I have a feeling he had his leg amputated in the off season. I don't think he's actually you know a functioning person anymore. But I. So I don't know why he's on the line, but um, that said, and I'm sorry, you and family that listens to the podcast, but you know, I, <laughs> I I think it's pretty clear. You know, Andrews, Boyle, Mason, Oliver are the choices. Do we keep three of them or do we keep four? It would definitely take some juggling uh, to keep four. Um, Especially with with the discussion we're going to have next about the wide receivers, I think, I think there's going to be some kind of crunch somewhere else. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, uh, of course, uh, Mandrews and and Ricard will be, you know, be there on the opening day roster, or, or that's not how you say it in football. That's baseball. Uh, on, uh, on opening day roster. works. 
Oh, well, opening okay. day opening work. Day. It's the opening day yeah. of football. You know, it's the work. Right. Okay. Well, all right, I'll take that. Yeah, opening day. Um, and I and I, I think you're right. You you don't draft somebody in the fifth round. You know, with without some kind of plan for him, I think Ben Mason finds a way to stick around on the roster this year. And whether whether it's like a, you know, a phantom injury that sticks him on IR until next year, or you know, if you try to sneak him through waivers and things like that, because not everybody needs a fullback in, in today's NFL. But you know, whatever the case is, I think they find a way to, to keep Ben Mason on the roster. I mean, and maybe you know, Patrick that- Ricard goes back to playing a little bit more defense occasionally. I mean, I know that's look. He's a Pro Bowl fullback. You know, I know, I know he's the he's the veteran. You know, but if that adds to our depth in different ways, and that's how you give him a breather by having Ben Mason on the team. You know, I I I think they're wasting. Anyway, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Well, Ben Mason played some defense too. Oh, that's right. I forgot about yeah. that. So, yeah, I think that would be more likely than a Ricard. But, yeah, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to keep four of them is going to be hard. Um, and I think at, at one point I had drawn out a way, way, way too early 53-man roster, and I did figure out a way to keep four. But uh, I'll have to try to re-put that together because I didn't save it. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll try to do that, and I'll run that by you next time we record. So, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I think Josh Oliver is going to be a really interesting tight end three if he is able to, you know, stay healthy and, and be productive. You know, having that athleticism is, is something that we've had since uh, Hayden Hurst left the team at that tight end, at that three, well, at the t- tight end three spot. Um, you know, a couple of years ago when, when Lamar had his MVP season, that, that three tight end set was one of the most efficient formations that we had that more most efficient personnel groupings and then i think i saw a tweet from warren sharp earlier today that we only had two snaps like that the whole season in 2020 so if that opens up that kind of option again of having another athletic pass catching tight end out there i mean that could be really cool another uh personnel grouping for greg roman to play with so you know, hopefully hopefully he adds quite a bit of uh versatility in the in the passing game well, there's also this, too. I mean, you know, you also think about the fact that a wide receiver pairing of Marquise Brown and Rashad Bateman might be that much more dynamic than anything we could have ever put out on the field two years ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, so. Too, yeah, it was like John Brown. So, you and... know what I mean? So, exactly. So, I mean, you put. You put Hollywood and Bateman out there with two tight ends and, uh, you know, a, a running back and a fullback, that might be pretty just as dynamic as that three tight end offense was. You know, um, hopefully I didn't mm-hmm. see too many players out there. But anyway. Um, yeah, illegal formation. It, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think that was illegal <laughs> formation, but... Um, you know, it's uh, it, it definitely adds to it. I mean, I think, and and just like we said last year, it, as much as that three tight end obviously proved itself to be that special wrinkle, it wasn't necessarily that we didn't do the three tight ends. It was just we just never had another option that was better than Hurst was to replace Hurst, whether that was a wide receiver or whether that was a tight end. You know, I think that was the biggest, the biggest thing about it. It wasn't necessarily that we lost the three tight end set; is that we just lost a competent receiver in Hurst that we didn't place. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So we didn't use like it, whether, but I think it was because we didn't have another good option. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whether, yeah. no matter how you cut it, I mean, whether it's the right. three tight ends or whether we figure out a way to, you know, work with these guys the way we have them. And, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm trailing off, but I think there, there, there are multiple ways to skin a cat, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yep, for sure. So, so now that we started talking about the wide receivers, let's move out there as well. So there are several guys who we anticipate to be locks for the roster. 
Um, Obviously, course, Benjamin Rich- Victor, Jalen Moore, Devin Gray, absolute rock. And Deion Kane. Yes. Um, you know, yes. Former Clemson great. But, I mean, obviously, we're talking about Hollywood, Rashad Bateman, Sammy Watkins. Um, probably safe bet to say Devin Duvernay is a lock for the. I would and, say. And Tylen Wallace. So I that say, already gets yeah. you to five wide receivers, right? Yep. And of course, you yeah, know, you have the two draft picks, you get the free agent addition of Sammy Watkins and the returning guys, um, Hollywood and Devin DuVernay. And then that leaves you with Miles Boykin and James Prochet, two more returners. What do you do with these guys? I mean, can you keep seven? I think if we're if we're talking about keeping and let's just clarify, you mean returners as returning players because obviously returning players, isn't yes. a returning, you know, yeah, returning because, player, anyway. returning player. <clears throat> but how do you like? What do you do with those guys and and with the other guys that you mentioned? I mean, what if what if uh, Jalen Moore, Benjamin Victor, Flash, and like what do you do at the end of this at the end of this wide receiver depth chart? I'll be honest with you. A lot of my decision is going to be based on other positions. Because I see a lot of these guys, and maybe this is a, this isn't smart because you think about the, you know, you've got some potentially brittle players between Sammy Watkins and and Marquise Brown. Although he hasn't been, I wouldn't call him brittle in the pros, but he's small. But that said, I think a case could be made that uh, this group of five wides be all the team would need. Not saying that's the way to go, but I don't see the team ever putting certainly six wide receivers out on the field. No. I don't think we can. Oh, I guess you can't. Right, and we only go five wide, so maybe. But you know, that said, we're never really going to go five wide either, quite frankly. So the most we're ever going to have it on the field is probably three wide receivers, because Mark Andrews is always going to be out on the field, and I would imagine so would J.K. Dobbins in those kind of a situation. So. How many wide receivers do we really need? I mean, if you've got a guy, I mean, you can say, okay, well, you've got special teams. Well, okay, that's fair. But if you've got someone like a Ben Mason, who theoretically could play really good special teams, maybe that's where he finds a place on the roster. Because Boykin isn't going to be needed as much as a blocking wide receiver. because we're not necessarily going to be having a lot of blocking wide receivers. That may not be their role necessarily because we've got enough tight ends and fullbacks and everybody else that, you know, that just, you know, they're going to have to block some, but be real. A lot of them are six foot tall. I don't know. It's something that I think is, is kind of a valid thought. You know, am I out there? I think what you mentioned at the beginning is, is what's going to steer them away from this is it's like the injury bug. You know, Sammy Watkins has had injury issues. You, we're still dealing with coronavirus. You never know when, when one, two, or maybe three guys are going to be out at the same time. And you can't really go into a game with only four wide receivers um, just because you never know what's going to happen in the game itself. Like you said, Mark Andrews, essentially can operate as a slot wide out. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. But I think just like the season that we're in now, I think you need five with with this personnel. I, I mean, I'm sorry, I think you need six. Um, so the five that we mentioned, I think the guy that finds himself on the outside is James Prochet. Um, he didn't really get too many offensive snaps last year. And even though he started the season as uh, the punt returner, I believe uh, that was a role that Devin DuBernay took over at the end of last year. And, and he was very solid and he did a good job. And, you know, there wasn't really too much 
that that Duvernay didn't give us there. So, you know, I think a guy like Boykin does make the roster, um, you know, probably bring back, try to bring back some of the other guys um, on the practice squad. But I think it does get pushed up to six here. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think part of it is I'm just not a huge fan of Boykin anymore. Um, but, you know, and I don't see, I love James Crochet. He, he still is, is a guy I think could could do some things given the right right scenario um so it it i don't know i just don't want to see james Rochette get cut before miles boykin but i think that's probably probably the reality i mean like you said i with especially with sammy watkins on the team now i think you've gotta gotta be prepared for injuries um so i i think he probably makes this I I'll be honest with you. There there are enough position battles elsewhere and other players that intrigue me that I would I would come close to making that five five wide receiver decision. I mean, it's it's definitely definitely a very valid option. I I just also say Prochet because in our draft recap, our draft previews, and everything like that, we mentioned Tylen Wallace as a guy that was really similar to James Prochet, maybe. Like he does the contest catches. He doesn't have like the craziest speed in the world, but he has really good hands. He's he's a good route runner and that kind of stuff. So if it's a redundant skill set um, with somebody that you just drafted and somebody that you have really high hopes for, you know, to me it's the situations is a little deck stacked against Prochet right now. But you never know what he's going to do in in the preseason. And, yeah. Um, and and maybe maybe Boykin is somebody that that like wide receiver hungry teams want to trade for. Um, I think one of the teams that I saw recently was the Packers, who might be interested in adding adding wide receivers. And of course, you know, Boykin is probably somebody they'd be interested in because of his size and because of his, his speed. But you never know. And that this is this probably is is the hardest one to kind of go through because we just haven't seen so many of these guys. Um, like, you know, we haven't seen Sammy Watkins that much in, in a Ravens uniform, even though we kind of know what he can do. We haven't seen Bateman that much. We haven't seen Wallace that much. And to be quite frank, we haven't seen Prochet too much. So, I mean, we haven't uh, really it, seen it, all that much of Hollywood, quite frankly, either. You know, I mean, I hate to say it. But, at, the end of, you know. at the end of last year, he was really good. Well, he was. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I just mean, in reality, it's still a relatively small sample size. He's a young player. That's all I'm trying to say. I mean, it's, yeah. What is this? You know, he, he, him? yeah, this is year three. Yeah. So, and he didn't, I, I forget, was he hurt a little bit that, that first season? I guess he played the first year, right he had away, that, didn't he? He had that screw in that foot all year. Yeah. yeah. But he still played. It's not like he, yeah. He, I'm just trying to remember if he really has sat out. I mean, because I think about him being injured because of the screw, but it's not like he really has missed any time or anything like that if anything you know, he's he was, a beast that he played through all that i mean quite yeah, frankly yeah. he was in 14 played in 14 games his rookie year and played in all 16 last year okay so i mean he's so, a beast i mean so he's yeah. certainly not someone we'd have to worry about with the the injuries you know i mean obviously that can always change but you know he's certainly not injury prone i don't i don't know that there's anyone else on the team that would be called that but Sammy Watkins I mean maybe we'd have to maybe worry about Tylen Wallace for the you know knee reasons but yeah you know yeah no I mean I, this is this is going to be one of the hotly contested hotly debated ones yeah. I think as, as long as the preseason is going it, it, it's going to be a discussion almost every day you know every every time they they upload a, a highlight of a deep ball and, and a receiver yeah, you know, running under it. There's going to be some kind of, you know, there's going to be a, a Prochet fan club. There's going to be a, a Boykin fan club. I'll tell you what, if I was James Prochet or whoever, I'd be hanging out with those backup quarterbacks like crazy. <laughs> yeah. To make yeah, sure you had the best, uh, best, just everything. Just making sure you're mm -hmm. on the same page, ready to roll, because 
he's not going to be working with Lamar all that much. Yeah, yeah, likely not. Likely not running with the ones for sure. But um, yeah, I mean that's a lot of talk about the offense. Um, you know, I, I wanted to get to my returning player that I was that I'm looking out for uh, this this preseason and this this season, and it's going to be Justin Matavike on the defensive line. I think he's primed to to be really, really good. Um, you know, no no real training camp in preseason last year, kind of just thrown into it, and he flashed, and he has a lot of a lot of tools to work with. And now he's got the off season. He's got Clayus Campbell and Derek Wolf and Brandon Williams to work with, and and, and of course the actual coaches as well. But I, I really think Matavike is going to be uh, a beast coming out. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. He's one of those second year players. You just you, you think there's going to be a real jump. I mean, in between him and Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison, I mean, there could really be a jump on defense with some of these younger players stepping up in some big ways. So that could be that could be be pretty cool as we watch those young players mature. Yeah, yeah, getting some interior pass rush with, along with Campbell, of course, uh, is going to be huge. You know, of course, um, Wink Martindale loves to blitz so much, but, you know, having that intimidating defensive line is always like a staple of, of a Ravens team. And, and I think Matavike is just the next one in line and in that legacy. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does in year two. Um, so he's my player to watch. Um Anybody else up front, of course, um, Dafe Owe off the edge is, is you know, going to be an important piece right away, setting the edge against the run and, and developing his his uh, his pass rush and everything like that. But you get, you mentioned Dalen Hayes and why you're why you're so excited about him. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you talked earlier about about you know, some of the coverage that the Ravens website has, and, and you got to give major props. They do a fantastic job with all their shows and podcasts and interviews and everything they put together is really first class. And I don't know if other teams do that. I don't care if they do that because I don't watch them, but I'm really impressed that the Ravens do as good of a job with their, their media coverage as they do. So I've got to, I've got to give major props to all of them, but in the course of all that coverage in the, you know, post training camp um, or not post training camp, but post draft uh, various practices and, you know, all that throughout the summer, all you kept hearing about was how good Dalen Hayes kept flashing in practice mm-hmm. and how he was yep. always in the backfield right there with the Dafe Owe. And, and it, that's great. I mean, and, and, you know, as I told you before the show, I mean, I don't think he's going to come in and be defensive rookie of the year or anything like that, but I think we're going to consistently see a player throughout the season, similar to like, like, uh, you know, McPhee, you know, his rookie season, or, you know, one of those guys that just starts to pop and you go, okay, well, we've got a nice little piece there. I think we've got that with Dan Hayes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's just ready to work. He's one of those guys is just always ready, and and that's that's great to see from a rookie. The other guy returning that that I want to see in that outside linebacker group and and see if he follows the outside linebacker pattern is uh, Jalen Ferguson, and you know maybe he follows that Tyus Bowser mold of of showing up in year three and and really being good in year four, and you know other guys have done it before him, like even Paul Kruger was like you know, started to flash more year three and then was really good year four. If Ferguson can be that guy who who, who follows that pattern, I think that would be a huge addition to the defense because we didn't, we haven't really seen as much as we wanted out of him, especially with the sack daddy nickname. You know, yeah. And start to live up to that a little bit. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not really sure where his opportunities are going to come. Uh, maybe it's on, on some of those, those like NASCAR package, uh, types of downs where where Pernell McPhee moves inside, so Ferguson gets to play on, on the um, outside linebacker spot, or if he's the one that slides inside, you, however he's used to to kind of push the pocket a little bit and force quarterbacks in, into some mistakes with our with our really good secondary. Um, he's going to be a guy who who has a lot to prove, I think. 
Oh, he definitely does. I mean, and and look, I pointed it out last year during training camp, I'm pretty sure. He looked fat, you know, compared mm-hmm. to all the other young players that are there. You know, he had Matabike and Broderick Washington and some of these other, you know, just ripped defensive linemen that we have on the team. And then there's Roly Poly, you know, Ferguson standing there. And you're like, okay. You know, so let's hope, especially when there's a guy like Adapi Owe that we draft, who is just a physical specimen, maybe that fires him up a little bit in the gym. And look, I am a fat tub of lard, so I'm not one to sit there and sit here and, you know, point fingers and say, gee, you're you're Mr. Lazy. But I'm also not a professional athlete, and I expect a lot more of guys, especially in their first contract that are trying to make their money. Like, I don't know. I, I just expect a little bit more from Daniel Ferguson. I mean, I, I I don't know. This is, as you said, this is his time to have his Paul Kruger season so he can then leave and, you know, as a free agent, we can get some good comp picks. You know, I think that's, that's what we need to hope for here from Jalen Ferguson. Yeah, if he found it, like the guy that he can follow is right there, Tyus Bowser. He's like started to yeah. flash year three, and then big expectations year four, and he exceeded them and got a big contract out of it. And you know he's Absolutely. he's going to be another piece right there. I mean, you know, moving back to the linebackers, Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison get a full uh, off season again, along with Justin Matabike. I think that's going to be massive for them. But I do want to talk about um, our secondary a little bit, and one of my last key position battles and that's going to be the safe safety depth and you know i've made it very clear over the past however many years we've been doing this that safety is my favorite position to watch we have two well-entrenched starters and that's chuck clark who was just extended and deshaun elliott who's entering his last year on his rookie contract and they were both pretty good last year but there's not that much behind them there's not much that much experience behind them at least um you know we drafted um, in the third round, Brandon Stevens, who was a big surprise to a lot of fans, including myself. But as I mentioned to you before we started recording, I could just sense myself for no apparent reason becoming a huge Brandon Stevens fan, um, just the, the same way that I latched on to Mark Andrews and Deshaun Elliott when they were both young uh, players. He's there. Um, we have Ardarius Stewart, the undrafted free agent, uh, Nigel Warriors, um, Undrafted free agent last year, Sean Wade. There's been some talk about some safety play with mm-hmm. him. He's the he was the draft pick uh, from this year as well. Um, maybe Jimmy Smith gets some some safety kind of snaps. Um, of course, having Tavon Young gives you a little bit more uh, flexibility. You know, at we'll least see how, how his health. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah we'll see how his health progresses. But behind Clark and Elliott in, in a spot where the Ravens have seen quite a few injuries in the past in that secondary, that might be an area of concern. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I mean, the depth isn't fantastic. I mean, our Darius Washington certainly is an interesting player, and, and so is Brandon Stevens and, and Sean Wake. I mean, all three of those guys are exciting, but... I would only call our Darius Washington really a safety out of those three, and and he's five eight. So um, as much as I think he might still turn into a player, that's a little concerning. I mean, Nigel Warrior and Geno Stone and Jordan Richards don't exactly jump off the page as guys you really want to see starting. So yeah, I agree with you completely. I mean, and that's that's a place where I could see us probably finding more depth, you know, as as training camp cuts happen. Um, I, I see us finding, I see us finding a veteran. I would be shocked if this is the full defensive backfield, not defensive backfield, I mean, but, but safety group that we go into the season with. I mean, obviously you've also got Anthony Levine and, you know, but he's not, he's not going to start. I I think he's he's a special teams guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a special special teams guy at this point. His, his 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 days of playing on defense semi-regularly are pretty much over um so you know as much as we love co-cap but uh but yeah i think it's definitely a place we need to look for sure yeah i i'm you know i brought that up a few times last year i was like you know just in case something happens like who actually plays back there i think it'll be interesting in the preseason to see 
where Brandon Stevens and Sean Wade get those snaps. I, I think Sean Wade is probably a little better better fitted as Tavon's uh, understudy in the slot. You know, maybe uh, Jimmy Smith gets some more safety snaps, and and I think Brandon Stevens is going to end up back there as well. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of inexperience at, at the safety spot behind Elliott and Clark, and and of course you don't you know, wish that you don't get hurt, but you never know what's going to happen, and. You know, we we've seen we found ourselves in that position before, in which you know we start with a ton of depth, and we say this every year. We start in the corners and safeties with a ton of depth, and all of a sudden it's all gone. And uh, yep. you know, don't want to be caught in that spot when you when you come up against uh, you know teams that throw a lot, and you you don't have your start. So what do you think? Can we sign there, Brandon so. Carr off the street? Do you think he'd come back? Uh, I was thinking Earl Thomas. Think? Oh, that's a good shot. Yeah, he might come back. He's he's still out he there. He might come back. He's a he's a pretty friendly guy. I think he'll probably want to come back and atone. Right. You know, it seems like a yeah. that seems like something he'd want to do. I think he and the front office get along pretty well. He probably does. I mean, and you know, I'm sure I'm sure he's made amends with all the other players and especially Chuck Clark. Right. Right. And if they're starting alongside each other, it's like nothing happened. So yeah, no worries there. You know, there are some names uh in in free agency that i've heard before um that that the ravens might want to bring in maybe uh guys like kenny vaccaro dj Springer, but you know if there's well, malik hooker free did he now, sign with somebody yet yeah he just signed with the cowboys actually he but i mean with the cowboys. yeah in my mind if you're still a free agent now you're either asking too much or you know teams don't really think you can play and that's yeah. not a great oh, sign. Yeah. So, oh, I, I agree with yeah. you. I just he's just one of the few guys that I'd be somewhat intrigued by that was still out there for a while. Um, yeah. Um speaking yeah, of which we really haven't talked about outside, I guess we should touch on it before we we probably finish up is you know the the potential I guess trade option with the Cardinals. I mean, do we even yeah. want to say it's Hammer. really? I mean, I, I mean, I guess it's potential. I don't know if it's really realistic, but I mean, certainly I would take Chandler Jones in a second. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of injury problem last year, so one of his down seasons. But you know, all, all signs are that he's healthy now, from what I've read. Um, he would be an awesome pass rusher to add. That'd be great. Um, he does have a big cap number. So it would take a few things. It probably depends on that Lamar Jackson extension that we're waiting for. And, and I, you know, from what I've been reading and, and, you know, what I've been listening to, it seems like that's going to happen soon, hopefully in training camp sometime, you know, then you kind of figure out how much money you have left. You know, maybe it's a, it's a move that gets made in the season. So the Cardinals pay some of his contract and, and eat some of that cap hit. Another guy I saw recently was former Ravens great Zadarius Smith is interested in leaving, and he has a very different. He wants to leave the anyway. Packers. Really? I think, dude. I think everybody wants to leave the Packers. Aaron Rodgers well, not happy. Devontae true. Adams not happy. That's true. But Zadarius Smith is another guy. That would be interesting, and you know that would be pretty cool too. I mean, he's still playing really well at really high level. Really well. He's not like. Yeah, he's not all. He's been one of the few yet. guys that so. has left the Ravens and and actually been worth the money that he you know signed right. for. Quite frankly, right. I mean, I so, don't I mean, know that, I, and I don't know that Judon is going to be that guy. I I question that in New England a lot. I mean, we'll see what happens, but I I don't know. I mean, because even Adelis Thomas, you know, was not that much. I mean, he was good with the Patriots, but he wasn't what he was with the Ravens. You know? No, so, definitely not. Definitely. So not. But just, like you said, Zedarius has been one of those, one of the few. And yeah. I would definitely not mind seeing him in purple and black again. That'd be awesome to bring him back. Um, especially like pairing him up with McPhee again would be great. I, no I mean, doubt, man. No doubt. That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, keep your eyes out open for that Lamar contract extension. That'll be a big day uh, in Baltimore. And that'll be very good news. I don't think it's going to be like dollar amount like Patrick Mahomes, because I think it's going to be a shorter contract, but I think that average will be right up there with an average per year will be in the forties, I think. 
So let me ask you, does he then turn around and buy partial ownership of the Orioles? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, does that happen? Right? I mean, if he's, I mean, that's what, that's what, uh, Holmes did, right? He turned around and yeah, bought he, some of the Royals. So, I mean, it just makes sense if, you know, if, uh, that, Jackson ends up Rodgers, getting his contract. Aaron Rodgers bought part of the Bucks. So it's, it's not an uncommon No, it was thing. A-Rod. It was A-Rod. Not Aaron Rodgers. Is, I, is, didn't A-Rod? Or not the Bucks. He bought the. I think Aaron Rodgers is a part, part owner. Of the bus. Oh, did you mean Aaron Rodgers? So he really did buy the box. Well, that's cool. Um, not, but not yeah, A Rod bought the Timberwolves. A Rod kind of bought the Timberwolves. Yeah. I think he's, right. he's like the face of the ownership group. But um, yeah, but not yeah. all that uncommon. So you never know. Bring bring yeah, some Lamar Jackson swagger over to the Orioles too. That'd Absolutely, awesome. let's do it. Right time for Adley like Rodgers to get pulled or something. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. As long, right, as, well, as, as long as he doesn't force our, our young players to get terrible, terrible tattoos on their chests, that's all we need to worry about. But, you know, God love Lamar, regardless. Yeah, well, <laughs> on that note, on, on that note I, think, I, think, I think it's time for us to go. <laughs> yeah, probably. We, we've run out of things to talk about today. All right, why don't you sign us off? We'll, we'll be back well, in preseason we'll, we'll... in a few weeks. Absolutely. Well, as, as I just talked over you there, we're really doing a, a fabulous end to the show today, like professional podcasters that we are. <laughs> but, you know, thanks, everybody, for listening to us today. We'll continue to update things as training camp progresses. Obviously, if any major news drops, we'll be doing a pod shortly thereafter to talk about it. And, hey, here we go. Training camp has started. Go Ravens. Go Ravens.